The Sports Career Podcast, episode 199, How to Empower Disadvantaged Children Through Football. Hello Sports Achiever, it's Ed Bowers here, your host. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of this podcast show and it's great to have you here. Now, as always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in the sports industry, particularly if you have an interest in grassroots sport and football development. I really do hope that this episode can be useful to you with regards to your career development, interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Stefan Kolkenberger. Stefan is the founder of Akakoral Football Academy, which aims to help disadvantaged children with regards to their education and football experience. It's all about helping children in Kenya get involved in the sport at a grassroots level, which can lead to new opportunities on the pitch and off the pitch with regards to their life development. For that reason, it's such a privilege to have Stefan as a special guest on the show. And in this episode, Stefan will share his football career journey and explain to you how football can really empower children in all walks of life. Stefan, it's such a privilege to have you on the podcast show. Please can you share to listeners your sports career journey? When did it all start? Yeah, thank you, Ed, for having me in the show. Um, My career in sports started quite early. Uh, I think when I was just a baby, because my father was a, a good football player here in Austria. He was the first uh, half-cast captain of the Austrian national team, and, and I grew up with football. It was always part of my life, so to me it was very clear that I, I want to stay in sports at all. And just with regards to your father, and you said with your upbringing, can you remember the moment when you may wanted to follow his footsteps with regards to being a pro footballer? Of course. I, I think the first birthday present I've got was a football. So there are there are photos when I was a baby and just surrounded by footballs. I tried, I tried. I did the normal thing, training, uh, playing for an academy, for a local team first and for an academy here in Austria. But at the age of 16, uh, 17, I, I saw I'm quite okay, but it's not enough to, to reach the top. So I was thinking, what else can I do to, to stay in sports? Because I, I truly love football. Um, and so I decided I want to use sports for something good at all. Um, together with my father, who was always a very social guy, um, he told me I should start coaching, and, and that's how it all began. Could you go in a little bit more detail with regards to your coaching journey from that moment on? I, when I was like, I think it was 2021, 20, um, I, I accepted that I will not be a pro footballer and that I'm just playing football for, you know, at a semi professional level. So, uh, beside doing my 
education at the university. I played football and I earned some money to, to cater for my expenses, to pay my rent and so on. And on the side, I started to coach in a local football team. Um, I did this for a couple of years, I think, like five or six years. I was here in Austria, a youth coach uh, at LASK. Uh, they have an academy, but I always prefer to work with the small ones. Uh, from the age 8 to 12 uh, and I, I really I loved it uh, I also did a, on the education side I started to become a teacher for German language and history um, so I, I just I love to work with children I think that's my, my passion that's also where I'm good in just really quick I find this really interesting out of interest what skill sets did you learn in the classroom which helped you on the football pitch as coaching and what skill sets from coaching children supported you in the classroom? I think that's a very good question because it really goes hand in hand and you can use things from the classroom on the football pitch and, and opposite. Uh, I would say in the classroom, you, you learn to be very patient with children in sports, there is very often you have to perform, you have to perform, you have to train harder. But in the classroom, you, you have so many different children and then so many different levels of, of social background and such things. And, and you really get patient. Uh, and I think that's something what really helps, especially a youth coach, because every youth player, every kid has a different journey of learning uh, the game and on the other hand I think the you know the dynamics of a group you you have on the football pitch and in a team no matter if they are children or if they are adults you can use this this knowledge very good in the classroom so I think I think it's a pretty good combination just really quickly we all know what patience means as a word, but from a teaching slash coaching perspective, what do you mean with regards to patience? I think, you know, um, in sports, we, we see there's a, we see there's a step-by-step -step learning and you think I teach this skill and on the next day, the boy or the girl is able to, to do it. But that's not the truth because every child learns in a different speed. And some children, they need a different form of explanation. You have to show it in another way. So I think it's maybe patience is not the right word. Maybe it's more an individual approach to each and every child. And that's, that's something which really, it, it bears fruits, I would say. And just quickly going, I find this really interesting, just quickly going back to when you're doing your time at university, what did you do? And out of interest, how have you applied it now with regards to where you are in your career journey? Yeah, I when I finished my master's uh, as a teacher, then I started to, to teach uh, German history, as I said. Um, but after, after some years, after I think I was a teacher for four years, um, then it was like, you know, I missed the football part too much. I was a youth coach on the side, but I thought I want to do more. And I really saw I'm, I'm good in it. Um, and 
then we started together with my father. We started um, a football academy for um, disadvantaged children in Kenya. And I think that really changed my life. It really changed my life. Could you go into a lot more detail? I've seen a documentary out of the blue, actually, online where I sent you it going, oh, I recognize this face. Could you just share this journey? Because it's this side of the football industry which really quickly, as you know, on my podcast show, I've interviewed a lot of people. I've interviewed footballers. I've interviewed people who represent footballers, like agents. So we see, let's say, the high end. Could you just go like explain about the grassroots end, which I'm actually quite passionate about as well. So could you just share this journey with regards to your academy? Yeah, I, first of all, I, I have to say, I think that football, you know, there are different sides of football and there is the side we see every weekend when we watch the Premier League or the German Bundesliga or something like this. Um, that's a brilliant, brilliant side of football and it involves a lot of people and so many people are employed in this market, in this business and um, it's, it's good that it is there. But there is also another side of football uh, which is played in the in the park um, and in the mostly in the socially disadvantaged areas, like in Vienna, there are the so-called football cages where the children play the whole day. Uh, and I was always interested by the dynamics of football. Uh, what does it mean to play football? And I think. You know, you can learn so much from from this sport in terms of team spirit, in terms of self-confidence, in terms of fair play. And these are not just words. You, you can really, you can instill this crate in your behavior. If you, if you follow the rules every day on the pitch, you will follow the rules in life. Um, and that was the idea behind Akakoro, to use football as a tool. The football academy is called Akakoro. It means Academy of Korogocho Football. Korogocho is a slum in, in Nairobi. Uh, we started this football academy to use football as a tool to change the behavior of the children positively in Korogocho. And it was an amazing success so far. Can you talk more? You've got me. Could you just explain? Because one thing really quickly, I'm going to break it down for people who want to pursue a career in this sector of the sports industry. There's one thing I've learned is having personal values. And if you have personal values of standards, it represents that in the line of work you're doing. Now, the line of what you're doing is the children you're trying to improve with regards to their society, their well-being so hopefully there's a bit of an incentive of could you carry on? Because I think, if could you explain how your personal values have fulfilled you in what you're doing in Kenya, for example? Yeah, when when I came to Korogocho slums, you know, when, when you come there at the beginning, you it's hard to take what you see. You see children, they are looking in the waste for, for food. There is a, a tire burning and the children are running around it and it's kind of a game. You see so much violence. It's really a place of total desperation. I always call it a place of permanent humanitarian disaster. Uh, and it might, it might be funny, but I think with sports you can make a better place. 
uh, there. So when we started, we um, we recruited like 80 children, and the idea was, okay, they have to they have to enjoy playing football. If they are good, the better. But if they have just a little talent or average talent, it's also okay. And we worked with a with partner schools. We enrolled them in schools. We gave them food every day. We gave them the school uniforms, the educational kits, and we trained every day with them. We had, I think at the beginning, we had four coaches for the 80 kids. And it was very basic, really basic. The, the pitch was a dirt pitch. I mean, you in Europe, you would not call it a football pitch. Really, never, ever. Um, we had to remove the stones every day from the pitch before we could start training. People were walking through our training sessions because they took a shortcut over this um, place. Um, but after one year, one and a half years, we we saw, okay, it, somehow it's working. We recognized the children, they attended school every day. Uh, the school performance was going up. There was a big difference in the way they, they behave compared to children who were not part of Akakoro. So we started to invite people. We started to invite like uh, the guys from UNICEF or Rotary or yeah, media guys from Kenya or even um, from abroad. And everyone who came said, oh, my God, it's amazing. Oh, my God, it's amazing. We heard this many times. Um, so the beauty of inviting all these this people was we got more funds. We could enroll more children. We could, um, we could improve our football pitch where the whole community can play. We, we even got the chance to travel to Europe uh, to play a tournament. And this tournament, it was, I think it was in 2015, it was the, I would say, the one of the best under 11 football tournaments uh, in Europe. There were participants like Juventus, Fulham, Liverpool, Borussia Dortmund, Benfica Lisbon, Galatasaray. Really, the top clubs from Europe in under 11, which is very funny when they are very short and, <laughs> and they, they have these big names on their shirts. Uh, and surprisingly, we were, we were really good. I mean, this was also a generation of, of you know, very talented boys. And we managed to, to win this tournament. We, we beat FC Barcelona in the final one deal. It was unbelievable. And then it was, yeah, from one day to the other, it was all over the world, really. It was even in Brazil. They, <laughs> they mentioned Akakoro. A big victory in Austria in a tournament. So, and that brought a lot of attention. And we tried to, of course, to use this attention to get more money to help more children, but not only to become profess professional football players. That's still not the aim of Akakoro football. So, really, the aim's about developing the human being, but using football as the tool 
So when football, like like you said in your career, there was a point when you were 21 when you said, right, I, I've accepted that I can't be a professional footballer. At least I've got the skills where I can utilise in other walks of life. So is, is, that, is that where you're coming from? Absolutely. Uh, we have also, last year, we have um, improved our education program. We also offer a vocational training for all graduates now so that they can find employment because they, they have all these social skills you need when they leave Akakoro. They are on time. They show respect. They work hard. Uh, they always give their best. You know, so that's you need all these things. And that's not common if you grow up, grow up in a slum in, in Kenya. But all those children, when they graduate from Akakoro, which is the age of 18, okay, they are like this. But now it comes to some specific education. And now we offer vocational training in a college where they can learn carpentry or electrician or whatever, because not everybody can become a professional football player, but everybody can become a good human being. Absolutely. Out of interest, what's your long-term vision? My long-term vision would be that, of course, it, first, I don't think it's, it's the objective for me to do this the rest of my life. Because I think that's development aid and there's a point in a development aid project where you should overhand it. So my wish would be in the long run that either a ministry, Ministry of Education or Ministry of Sports Kenya or maybe even the Kenyan Football Federation um, could adopt the program and could say, okay, Oh, Stefan, that's a wonderful thing. Let you, please, you can be, I don't know, con be our consultant for a year or something. Show us how to do it and we will take it into the future. We had a big success in 2018 with the Ministry of Sports Kenya because um, after some talks with the minister, they said they want to try it uh, to do this on their own. And they founded also a similar program where we have helped them or I have helped them in another slum in, in Nairobi, in Mukuru. And it's still working. And I think it's, you know, the more children benefit, the better. So my vision would be that Kenya Kenyans can take more responsibility uh, in future, and I think we also made some some steps in this direction by um, founding an NGO, a local NGO, and we have some really responsible and great Kenyans in the board of members there. I think, uh, for example, Sean Ozimbo, a very, very well-known uh, sports journalist from Kenya, or Professor Jim McPhee, um, a university professor for finance on at Nairobi University, uh, at Strasma University in Nairobi. Angela Waburu, a lawyer who is also working with the High Court. So I think these are personalities who can really, really uh, take this football academy into a bright future. Just going back to you with your skill sets and what skill sets have you developed? on this journey out of interest? I think uh, 
many, many new skills. Um, the most important one was uh, making tough decisions. You know, that's uh, it was quite a, a challenge to to select who can participate in Akakoro football and who cannot. I couldn't sleep for like three weeks uh, at the beginning when we did the first selection process because we saw 6,000 children played in, in four weeks on the third pitch in Nairobi and we had to choose 80. And we didn't want just to choose on their football talent. So we tried to get a rough impression on the social background. Um, for example, 25% of the slots were reserved for children from street child centers or orphanages. But, you know, if, if you tell a child you cannot participate, you have to go home and you cannot come back tomorrow again, uh, and you know that the child cannot go anywhere where it's welcome and where it's, you know, it has some some decent life, then that's hard. That's hard. I couldn't sleep for three weeks, but after some time, I have to say, you, you just you just adapt you you know you become different and i don't know if it's good or bad but then you say that's my job period thing i I'm, i can understand how the difficulty of that i'm visualizing all those faces and um yeah but the good thing is as you've said already is that growth which where where is the growth you would like to take so how, how many children you've got involved now uh, at the moment, we have uh, 167 children. Uh, out of this, 44 girls. And we have a new program since last year. We have uh, 10 children with intellectual disabilities who are participating in every team. We have um, two kids. And I think that's, that's a very pretty program because... Uh, if you are mentally disabled in an urban informal settlement, you know, you are not part of the society at all. It can even happen that you get locked in your house in the morning and when your mother comes home, you get some food and that's it. That's your life. You don't leave the house, the iron sheet house. Uh, but since the children are even training and playing, you know, they are so different. And that's, uh, I always say that's one of the, most beautiful moments since Akakoro exists when those children take on their football uniforms and go to the pitch because they are smiling and shining. They're really shining. And that's a wonderful feeling. Well, you should be proud. And I'm going back to that decision you had to make. By making the hard decision, you've doubled it almost. And also different types of uh, people as well involved, which I think... Uh, it inspires me just by listening to you right now. And out of interest, what have you enjoyed the most from your career journey looking back as a young child with your dad when he was a player? I would really say in my life that the, the best moments I have had with, with Akakoro football, you know, is, I mean, when we, when we won this tournament in Europe, I know it's just under 11 and, you know, it's, I mean, it means nothing, but if if you know where we have started and and on the third pitch and the the bumpy pitch and we have no we 
we trained barefooted and we had no ball and the children didn't have enough food, really. And then one and a half years later, we win the biggest tournament in Europe or we beat Barcelona or Atletico Madrid or whoever, you name it, or Fulham. Then that's, I mean, that was really one of the best parts of my career, I would say, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, what I've heard today, I think it's the story. I honestly do. Um, it, it, but I think from a winning perspective, of course, there's nothing, well, especially beating Barcelona, nothing beats that. It doesn't matter what age group. And look, you can see the smile on my face, how much I've enjoyed this conversation. I've always enjoyed listening to people who focus in the grassroots of football. But I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What three tips would you give to university students who want to pursue a career in the football industry? Three tips, okay. Uh, I think the most important thing that I would like to share with, with university students is that they should always try to make a difference. No matter what they do, but they should always try to make a difference, not for themselves, but for those who are in need. That's number one. Uh, number two, I would say, is don't go for the for the big money <laughs> in the beginning, because money, it, it comes or it doesn't, but you, you know, find a job which makes you happy. That's number one. And then you will be good in, in what you do and everything else will come uh, by default, so to say. And the third tip I would say is, um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's very, very, <laughs> very simple, but no matter how, how hard the setbacks are you, you face in your career, just never give up because there is always light at the end of the tunnel. I had many moments where I was thinking, that's it, it's over. And then out of nothing, out of the blue, there came some, some rescue. They are fantastic. And sometimes the simple tips are the most highly effective. And Stefan, I, I, I'm in awe in this conversation. I've really enjoyed it. How can people interact with you online? Uh, it's very simple. You can just drop us an email, um, either to our Austrian office, which is office at akakorofootball.com, or our Kenyan office, uh, which is office.kenya at akakorofootball.com. You can also visit our website. It's www.akakorofootball.com. Or you follow us. Uh, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, wherever Akakoro Football. All those links will be on my website relating to this podcast blog post. Stefan, it's such a privilege chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be with you today. What a fascinating podcast chat with Stefan. And it's interviews like this that really remind me why I do this podcast show. As much as I've interviewed a range of people around the world, particularly in football at the high end of the sport, such as athletes, agents, but it's so nice to speak to somebody like Stefan at the grassroots level. For me, grassroots is the foundation of growth in anything. And it's so wonderful to hear what he has developed here. And sometimes I find it quite moving that sometimes we forget about where people are in the world, how sport can empower people, children, parents. And to hear that wonderful story when the Akakoro team beat Barcelona in a final, where really 
at the grassroots level, you know, Stefan sort of said to me off air that they didn't have the facilities at the beginning. They didn't have the infrastructure at the beginning. So for them to compete with the biggest teams in Europe from a grassroots perspective, it just shows anything's possible when you have the right vision in place. So if you want to work in this side of football development, I hope you've been inspired by Stefan's journey and Stefan's real courage in trying to make a difference at the grassroots level, which he is, by the way. But sometimes we always think about the elite end of football and sometimes we forget about the grassroots level. So look, all I was going to ask is, please follow this academy. Really get inspiration from this podcast and if you want to work at this level and really make an impact to children I hope this can inspire your day and inspire you even from even if you're a teacher it was great to hear how Stefan has applied his teaching skills into the football industry and how they're transparent and transferable as well so look I really do hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have Take action with Stefan's career tips. Make it happen today with regards to your career development now. Now, as always, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Stefan said, try to make a difference, not just for yourself, but really for those who are in need by doing something that makes you happy and fulfilled.